Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ruck Up Buttercup. We hope you guys enjoyed the show takeover last month. This month we are back with another guest. So tonight we are going to be talking about relationships and kind of the sexual side of it as well, specifically when it comes to reintegration. As there's been a lot of deployments recently, some maybe it's your first deployment and you haven't had the experience of reintegrating back with your spouse after a time apart. So we wanted to bring on someone who can kind of bring to light some of the things that come up during that time and kind of give you some advice um, how to handle things that may happen in your relationship, specifically in the military side. So today we have Courtney Boyer. She is a relationship expert. She's also a military spouse. So will you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your military spouse side of things? We like to experience that with you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. I have been a military spouse for 13 years now. My husband is active duty army and we are currently stationed in Germany. Do you like it? Do you love it here? I love it. I do. I absolutely love it. Yes. How long have you been in Germany? Uh, Almost four years. Nice. So you're going to, you're kind of coming up on time to leave again. Um, So we'll be here for another two for sure. And then we just try to keep extending. So yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. A lot of our viewers probably already know, but that we lived here, I lived here for three and a half years. And as soon as something came up where we could come back here to live and mm-hmm. now he's civilian contract now, so I, we can stay. <laughs> we plan That's amazing. To stay. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm jealous. I know. She lived here when she was I younger. miss Europe. <laughs> so how long has your spouse been in the military? Um, For 13 years. 13. You've yeah. been in for a long while. Yeah. Yes. I feel quite seasoned (laughs) (laughs) for sure. So what got you into your current career path? So I started working as a sexuality educator, actually back when my husband was in medical school. So he is medical army. And when I was being a sexuality educator, I would have a lot of people come up to me and ask me clinical based questions. Like, is this normal? I'm having problems in my relationships. And I just didn't feel qualified to be able to answer those questions. So then I went back to school and I got another master's and this time it was in mental health counseling and then started working as a mental health and sex therapist. But as a military spouse, you move a lot. So I had to close my practice and we moved from Washington state to Texas. And at that time I had a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old And at the time, the reciprocity laws for licensure were not as great as they are now. And so I didn't have the opportunity. I mean, it it was hard to transfer my license from Washington to Texas and very costly. And so I just said, you know, I'm just going to kind of take a break. And so I did consulting and I do speaking stuff. And eventually I ended up discovering coaching and really loved that model and also loved that you didn't have to have a license and not have to worry about as a military spouse, constantly having to reapply and because we're going to move, right? That's just, that's the life. So I was trying to set myself up for success and that really gave me so much more independence and a lot more autonomy in terms of creating a business that worked for me and worked for my clients and absolutely worked for my family. So 
that's how I got into essentially where I'm at now. And then through working with just thousands of women over the years, just so many of their stories led me to write the book that I did. And so I wrote a book called Not Tonight, Honey, Why Women Actually Don't Want Sex and What We Can Do About It. And that is just the the birth, the inspiration from just the struggles and the defeats and the disappointments that so many women and many military women also um, have had in their relationships. I hadn't downloaded it. I'm planning on downloading it because that's oh. something that comes up in our relationship a lot is that same concept. And I am interested yeah. to kind of hear like how we can work through that ourselves. So, yeah, it, it's been really interesting. One of the things that I've really loved about the book is how many men have been buying it and reading it and learning and how they are using it as conversation starters with their partners, because they really want to better understand why do I keep getting rejected? And why do you keep saying no? And I know it's not always the female partner that's saying no. Um, It's just that tends to be more common, at least in my experiences. Uh, There absolutely are, you know, women where it's flipped and there are, you know, same sex situations as well. But just in my, in my clinical experience, that's just been the case for me. So. No, yeah, absolutely. I, and I think, I mean, obviously I haven't read it yet, but I, there's a lot of reasons why women do turn it down. It's not just, (laughs) it's obviously not their partner. And I've tried to explain that to my husband and I'm like, it's not because of you, like physically, like, it's not the reason why I'm not turned off by you. It's just, yeah. I'm not lot. ready for it a lot of the times with a lot of things. So I, I'm looking forward to reading the book and Great. specifically if we can figure out how to get it audio would be really great. My husband and I have a tendency to go on walks every night. That's where our, lot, our latest habits. So we listen to books yeah. together. So. Oh my gosh. That's this listed there. And I was like, well, mom, that's because it's not, there's not an audio book for it yet. She was like, mm. okay. So like, when's that going to happen? And I was like, um, what do you mean? I, I don't know. Like, I give me a break. Like, can you celebrate that? I just published a book, but no. Right. So, but, yeah. so fun fact, if you can stand the Alexa voice, you can have Alexa read it to you through the Kindle app. Oh. All books or is that just Kindle Unlimited books? Um, it has to be like on your phone. So like if you open the Alexa app on your phone and you, you can pull it up, um, it will read the book for you. So it's obviously in the Alexa voice. It's an alternative to like waiting, <laughs> waiting, or if you want to listen to it. Okay. So, um, I can't stand Alexa voice. So I'll start a book and then I'm like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really hard for me because I'm a visual, visualized reader. So like I see the pictures in my head. And so when I hear a voice that doesn't match what I'm reading, like if I'm looking at the book as well, it's hard for me to listen to it. So I feel like, you know, maybe for that type of book, it might be okay. Cause I've only tried it on like fantasy books, mm. but huh. we'll have to look at it and try and see if it works. Yeah. So as far as we go talking about reintegration, I know in the past we've talked about it and just like the challenges that it comes up with, we've talked about more on like just a personal level and a lot of like PTSD and all that. Sexually, I think that that's a huge thing too, because I know that a lot of us, I mean, we sexed with our husbands and, you know, we try to keep that, that kind of thing going on while they're gone. But that doesn't mean that immediately when they come back, either of you are going to be interested in the same yeah. thing or be ready for right. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see that it's people are in such different places sometimes from when like who, especially depending on the length of the deployment, like who you are individually and who you are as a couple 
can drastically change and evolve for the better and for the worse, depending on what happens and the amount of effort that's put in to the relationship during the deployment. And even if you are really great about connecting, like there's different ways that you can connect during a deployment, but even if you are really great, I've still seen couples struggle when it comes to that face-to-face contact because it's just so different and you've been just taking on so much and there's so many emotions that you have to process that them now physically being here, like adds a whole nother energetic, you know, aspect to it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not an easy, like slide back in, slide back into my bed. Like, all right, let's hop, let's get going. Like it's, it's, there are going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be disconnect and there's going to be awkwardness. That's one thing that I really tell clients, just really anybody who will listen to me is like embrace the awkwardness. When we fight it, when we try to pretend like, is it, this, this isn't weird, right? No, this is totally weird. When we don't acknowledge that, then it we're just doing ourselves a disservice. And so I think when you embrace like, oh my gosh, it feels so weird to kiss you again. Or like, it's so weird to like touch, touch you or like see you naked. You see me naked, you know, like embrace it all, embrace it all and try to figure out a way to use humor or to, to find that little in, like to, to connect with your partner in a way that breaks that ice and, and really welcomes the awkwardness and welcomes that opportunity for you guys to come back together sexually. Yeah. Awkward is a good word because, you know, we always talk about, Oh, as a military spouse, I get to have that first kiss a hundred times, you know, or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> but that first kiss is awkward. And that's what makes it's it so awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah. And like having yeah. cameras and stuff, like it makes it even more awkward if someone's there taking pictures because it, it, you're meeting a new person. I mean, it depends yeah. on the time they're gone. Obviously, some deployments are like three or four months, so it's not as big of a deal. But I remember the first time my husband was deployed for a full year, it was like a whole different person was coming home. Yeah. I yeah. was a different person. I knew that. And so then it was just so awkward for the first like week or two when he was home. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a huge adjustment. And giving yourself, yourself and your partner grace uh, you know, and having those expectations of like, it's not that you, you have to expect it to be hard, but just expecting it to be awkward and maybe uncomfortable. Like that is, that really helps set the stage. It, it's not like, it's not a fairy tale. It is not where you're, you get swept up and we're just so into the, the highs of reconnecting that, that it's a roller coaster. Like it is a roller coaster and embracing that and just that's okay. We're going to, we're going to be here and be patient through the whole process. Yeah. And you really do need to be patient because it could come from your side. It can come that, you know, like I've been overtouched by children. I've been on yeah. duty for 24 seven, or it could come yeah. from his side and he's had a rough deployment and he just needs time to not be on alert, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And, and certain touches that I've seen too, like exactly what you're saying. Like I may not, the way that you touched me before you left, that may not feel good for me immediately when you come back. And it's not that they did anything wrong. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just, there's something in your body that's trying to communicate to you. Like this doesn't feel safe right now. This doesn't feel comfortable right now. And giving yourself that permission to say, Hey, I need a little bit more time to ease into that kind of touch but then also offering an alternative touch that does feel safe and does feel welcomed. I think that's where a lot of people get really reactionary is when we, we have that like 
visceral response that's like, oh, whoa, that didn't feel good. And then we're not offering an, an alternative of like, but I'd like it if you touched me this way, or I'd like it if you held me this way. And we we kind of like, whoa, uh, stop and reject. And then the, our partner feels isolated and alone because we're not offering a way to, to, to connect. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. my husband, it's a lot of it was PTSD. That was a massive, yeah. massive thing that we had to deal with. I feel like every, every deployment's different too. I mean, I've gone through four deployments with my husband and they, they were all very different. You know, some days he was just like, same day home, let's go. Like after a nap, he was ready to like, you know, go right back into the swing of things. And then there were other deployments like this last one where there was a lot of trauma. A lot of PTSD came from it there. He saw a lot of things that no human should ever have to see type of thing. And so it took him you know, a little bit longer to get back in the swing of things, you know, he was a little bit more closed off. And so we learned over, I mean, we've been married for 13 years this year. So we learned over the years that, you know, you have to like communication was really important. So like anytime anyone felt like something wasn't right or wrong, like, you know, we just kind of took a time out and talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of a struggle for a lot of people too, is like, they don't know how to communicate with their significant other when they come back because, it's been very, I know for myself, I definitely communicate better with my husband, especially when I'm upset via text mm-hmm. or we're chatting. We're both very, not emotional people, but we both get very emotional in the heat of things. So we'll, you know, we'll throw out things that we shouldn't be saying, or um, we don't really listen because we're just seeing our side of the story. So we've learned that like, if we have something that we really, really need to talk about, we really are upset with each other that our go-to is we'll talk throughout the day via text. Um, and so we joke, or I was joking with him not long ago because we just kind of had a tiff after uh, him being gone for a little bit. He made the joke of like, I think we communicate better about these things via text. And when I'm gone, I'm like, well, it's due because you're forced to listen to me. You're forced to actually take time to communicate with me because when you're home and you're just hundred miles a minute job, that is your main focus and things like that. So I think a lot of time, people forget that they have to kind of take a step back and say, Hey, like this is important too. So I need to make sure that I'm communicating that with my significant other. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that it's easy to get caught up in the thing that needs your immediate attention when something is like, okay, but this mission is happening now. I have to deal with this now. And also that feeling of I'm good at doing this. I'm good at executing this mission or doing my job or, or, you know, showing up here or there or whatever it is. And a lot of people are not good at communicating mm-hmm. and they're not good at handling conflict and they're not good at um, it, the emotional intimacy aspect. And that's something that really has to ramp up when that, because de- you don't have the physical intimate, intimacy to offset it. And so if you're not up upping your emotional intimacy game, then you're going to see a deficit in your relationship sexually when you return. And so I think that that's something that is really hard for people who do struggle to communicate. Um, and I love that idea of having the texting throughout the day. It's it almost like it's um it, you're titrating it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're letting a little bit of steam out here, then a little bit more, and then a little bit more instead of this just big explosion. And as you're doing that, you're allowing, creating space so that each of you feels like you're being heard. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I see with couples that we just, we want to be heard. We want them to know, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, can you please validate that? Can you mm-hmm. please recognize that? 
Yeah. I think also like, I know for me in the past deployments, like I was saying, we communicate really, really well when he's gone because it kind of forces him to like, like, oh, I'm on the phone or I'm on, you know, I'm writing her, I'm Skyping her, Zooming now, um, <laughs> whatever it is nowadays that they use, it, you know, that he would be focused and like, you know, you, we would make all these plans and like, yes, when I get home, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Sometimes there's a letdown when they get mm-hmm. home, they don't mm-hmm. always follow through. And then, so you're, you have that built up like resentment or frustration you know, hey, we talked about all these things that we were going to do. You know, you talked about how, you know, we talked about how we are going to, you know, be more intimate or we were going to, you know, do more things together or X, Y, and Z. And I know that that was one of my issues from a deployment. His second deployment with my husband was, is we had all these, all these plans. Then he just kind of fell way short. And it was just kind of like, dude, like we talked about this and like, now you're just rather go off with your, your buddies and drink. I was like, that's fine. You do you boo. But like, we still need to do the things that we discussed. And it took me a really long time to like, be like, Hey, we need to talk about this. And I just think it was my fault because he wasn't interested in me. And I feel like that's a big thing. I see a lot of days now is like intercourse once or twice since he's been home and he's been home for a month. Why, why is that type of thing? And there's so much that can go into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that having those expectations too of like, I I mean, I love the dreaming part that can happen during deployments. Like you were just sharing like, oh, let's, we need to do this. And then gosh, I really love it. Like, let's plan this. And like, let's have all of these things. And then as it gets closer, it's really important to develop a game plan. Like, hey, let's, let's set ourselves up for success by scheduling those things now you know, I know that you get like a few weeks to, to reintegrate, or I know you don't have to do in processing or whatever it is after you get back. Um, like let's make those appointments, let's make those dates and set them up. Not necessarily for like sex dates. Like I, I am a fan of scheduling sex, but not immediately after a deployment once, you know, you're reintegrated and stuff. I think that's a great option, but when you are reintegrating, I, it's really important to honor the base that each person needs However, when people avoid having to do the work by going to like, yep, I'm going to go out drinking with my buddies. It's like, okay, that was fine. Maybe like once, but now we're on day like seven of this. And like, you're avoiding having to do the harder work and having these harder conversations. And that doesn't make me feel valued in this relationship. And that's going to cause a problem long-term. And so I think it's fantastic that you were able to address that. And I think that your whole idea of scheduling things is a really good idea because we do the same thing where we dream about, oh, let's plan this, let's plan that. And then it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a good idea is to sit in before they come back, even yeah. be like, okay, well, these are the things they're going to come up and we're going to actually do them. We're not going to just talk about it now, like in some sort of like romantic way, they're swooning you or something, you know, right. like, I yes. genuinely want you to follow through on that plan. That yeah. is something that I am now looking forward to. And we'll yep. be incredibly disappointed when it doesn't happen. Yeah. And you don't even have to, again, like you, there doesn't have to be the pressure for the physical intimacy, but I think scheduling even a date night, like great. Mm-hmm. If it leads to sex, if it leads to any type of physical intimacy, that's a bonus, but mm-hmm. I just want to co- connect with you. I want to date you. I want to like spend time with you. So let's make that effort, get a babysitter if we need it right? Like make sure that I don't have work schedule, whatever it is. Like this is time for us. 
I think that's so important. That was kind of my big, I mean, I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast or not, but I got really upset with my, my significant other because he just kind of got in the habit of his job, you know, his focus on work, his soldiers, you know, relationship and stuff was just kind of going past even my, even the relationship with the kids, like his focus was elsewhere. And so um, we went on a family trip. The family trip was so much fun, but I got upset with him on the way home. And so we went six days. This is, this is kind of embarrassing to talk about, but there was a great outcome to it. So we went six days where we didn't say a single word to each other. We were same house, things like that. I finally like reached out, like text him. Cause I was like, at the point where I was like, okay, like got to break this chain because we've got kids. I've got things to schedule. And I was like, you know, just because we've been married this long, doesn't mean that you don't get out, you don't get out of being romantic and taking care of us and making sure that our relationship is good. I was like, I go out of my way all the time to make sure that I show you that I love you. I do all these things that show you that I love you. You don't do that in return. I know that you love me, but like you, you need to make sure that you take the time out of the day to show that. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience for him because like, you know, he's like, I didn't even really realize I was doing it. Um, I'm really sorry, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so it came, we had a great outcome from it. You know, we, we kind of had our contest of who was going to go the longest without saying something to another person. So that wasn't too much fun. I mean, since then it's been great. He's, you know, taking his time. We, we talked about like making sure like, okay, when I get back from this trip, we're going to make sure that we are scheduling date nights. We are going to schedule, whether it's a date night at home after we put the kids to bed, right, we're absolutely. making sure that we're taking the time to do something where we're neither of us are on our phones or preoccupied with another activity. It is just me and you. And it was really great. And I really encourage everyone to have that conversation with their significant other. Like I said, we we're going on 13 years this August of being married. And this is a conversation that we kind of have to have every few years. We have to kind of just remind the other person like, Hey, I'm still here. And you kind of have to date your other person um, mm-hmm. throughout the years. Well, and that's like what Courtney, you were saying earlier about is they're not good at communication. So they avoid it. Right. And I think especially when it comes to military guys, if they joined right out of high school, they didn't learn Mm -hmm. that communication and the military does not try to get them to learn communication. (laughs) It's listen and that's it. You do what you're told and that's it. There's no like bargaining. There's no communication between military members. That's not, that's not what they're trained to do. And so they are good at their mission. They're not good at communication in the military. Like that does come over into relationships. I know Ashley and I have been married to our spouse since we were in high school, basically, you know, we've been with them. So they, our communication, they never learned that from other places. They just had to learn it through our relationship. And it's, Mm -hmm. it was, it has been hard and it still is hard. I mean, we're going on same as Ashley, like 15 years this year. And it's crazy to think that we definitely still have communication issues after that long. Well, and they get in such a, like, that was one of his things. He's like, I, cause he's so direct, so direct. And like comes off as like condescending and he's like, He's like, I just, that's the mindset I'm in all day long with my job and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not your soldier. Yep. Absolutely. Not your soldier. I'm your wife and your best friend, the mother of your children, not your soldier. And Mm -hmm. you're going to get pushed back every time you like bark orders or something like that. Like, you know, I know you don't like, you know, he's like, I don't do it intentionally. He's like, I do have to take the time to remember that like you aren't going to (laughs) receive that very well. And I'm like, yep, nope um definitely did not (laughs) I 
I, I think it's right. Like we've been together for so long that like that communication, like he's always struggled at communication in general. He's, he's an introvert, like introvert, introvert. I'm an extrovert. So it's one of those things where like, he's always just fine being in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I joked probably like five years after I got married, we got married. And finally during one of our disagreements, I was like, can you just fight back? Just throw mm. words out at me. Like, just please stop sitting there. Like either validate my feelings or say I'm being absolutely stupid and give me a reason why. Cause he would just sit there and just not say anything. And it would be mm. so frustrating. He doesn't do that anymore because now he's listened <laughs> at least to that part and either argues back or says, yep, you're right. I'm, I'm not the, I'm, you're doing, I'm doing everything that you're saying I'm doing, but I think it's important that we all change. I'm not the same mm-hmm. person I was when I was 17, 18, when I first right. met him. Right. Um, I'm going to be 35 this year and I'm, I'm a completely different person. And I feel like I'm, I'm a different person than I was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think it's important that everyone kind of learns that your what you do, what you used to do, isn't going to work for you today. And what Absolutely. you do today isn't going to work for you in three or four years down the road. Yep. hundred percent. Courtney, if you could give like three of your best tips for reintegration, like how, what are three things that families should look for, towards, but specifically couples, obviously, um, to make that go a little bit more smoothly? I would say having clear expectations. So uh, I think that when my husband got back from his deployment, I had this expectation that it was going to look like a lot, like what I see other like military spouses posts, like military friends, like huge, like party welcome, you know, like the, the cameras, the, the home, the Hallmark yeah, homecomings, yeah. right. It was not that it, he flew home on a cargo plane and got in at like 11 o'clock at night. And it was during COVID. And it was like, so we couldn't, there was like, they thought that we couldn't even like pick him. I mean, it was, it was not, my expectations were so mismanaged. It's not even funny. So I think having really clear expectations of what the, that immediate, like initial physical face-to-face reintegration is. And then what that next few, like 24, 48, 72 hours out is what those expectations are. And so I having the conversation as, as, as like close as possible. Like I didn't have communication with my husband a few days before he got home because they had to like move bases. And there was like, they were under, uh, you know, fire and all of this. So there was, I didn't know when he was coming. It was like, oh, now I'm on a plane. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't expected. Okay, great. So trying as close as you can to know like, hey, this is where I'm at, like in my menstrual cycle. This is where I'm at in my psychological life right now. Like, so when you get off that plane in 24, 48, whatever hours, I may be feeling different than what I am right now, but this is kind of what I want you to expect me to, to be in. So managing those expectations, both for the person returning home and then for the person that is they're coming home to. Yeah, I think that, well, that's like a really good tip. Just think hearing you say that, like maybe just setting expectations for that night specifically. Like yes. I know we didn't have really any expectations. It's like, you'll pick me up and where that goes, maybe we'll go to dinner. Maybe we'll, but like putting a schedule to that, like, Hey, when you pick you up, we're going to go home let you change or then we'll plan dinner and, you know, and making it simple like that makes, I would, that would definitely make it a lot easier in that first day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's try to make it as easy as, as we possibly can. As possible. Yeah. Um, I think also being aware of like the needs that you want to have met. 
So that requires some self-awareness on your part. So this would be my point number two is being aware of, so it's kind of a two-part. Part A is identifying the needs that you that you missed, right? That you are like, I really miss kissing you. Like, gosh, like I just like that meant so, that means so much to me and I'm really excited and that's a need that I have. And so if we could really spend some time doing that, that would make me feel really good. And explaining why that makes you feel good. Like it makes me feel close to you. I'm, I love, you're such a great kisser. I, it, it turns me on. It excites me. It just makes me proud to be your partner. Like whatever those things are, instead of feeling like, oh, you just want me to come home, spread my legs and you can do what you need to do. Like it's, it's really like telling your partner why you want them and you desire them and not necessarily like for you know, penetrative intercourse purposes, but for any kind of sexual connection, kissing, touching, you know, all of that, that, that they understand, like, what did you miss about that experience? So that would be the the second point right. of it. And that helps with connection too. I mean, yeah. you're going to feel more connected going into that first sexual experience. If you are both on the same page and understand why you want that, Versus yeah. like, oh, it's expected because we haven't in the last three months or we haven't exactly. for six months. I think going in and saying, hey, tonight I don't want to have full sex. I would like to make out and whatever. Yeah. And just putting that limit where you feel comfortable with it is really important because yeah. it can be really awkward. It's like we talked about awkward is the word. Yes. And like, yes. If you don't know where you're, it's going to lead to that. Because what if you didn't want to? And you, it, there is that expectation. I think there's always is. And and after a long time of being apart, you're expected to want to have that immediately and not mm-hmm. everybody is going to want that immediately. Yeah. It, which is the third point too, is it is giving each other grace. And I know we talked about that, you know, earlier, but like just being patient with each other and giving each other the benefit of the doubt. I think it's so easy to think that like, oh, everybody else from my unit that's getting back is going to get laid tonight. And like, oh, now I'm I'm not because you suck because suddenly like you don't feel, you haven't felt connected to me or whatever. And it's like, Hey, let's give our partners the benefit and be like, you know, maybe they're really having a hard time with you being back in the home. Like maybe you, the last few months haven't been great. You haven't been communicating well, or maybe they, they had a really bad week at work and they are just super stressed and overloaded and your deployment got pushed up and they had no idea or the house is a mess and they had this vision of you coming home to this beautifully clean house and now that's ruined and they're having a hard time getting out of their head. So I think just really giving each other that grace of like, hey, there's no perfect way to, to reintegrate. There's no perfect time to come back home. or per- and, and people, I think, get focused on that. And so really trying to offer grace and patience to each other to be like, okay, like it's not about me. It, it's not about me. I need to figure out how I can best support and best serve my partner so that they feel safe and loved and we can create a culture and a condition in conditions where they do feel like we can foster that sexual intimacy. Right. Every time we've talked about reintegration, the word grace is the biggest word that we always talk about because it's not just sexually, it's with your kids, it's in mm-hmm. your house. Yes. Um, you cannot expect them to come back and fully do the same chores and the amount of stuff that they were doing. And they also shouldn't expect you to be desiring everything that they think immediately either. Their lives have changed. We've all been through 
crazy thing. I mean, with you with COVID, you were dealing with COVID on the home, yeah. front, which is not a fun thing. That was a terrible time. And he dealt with the deployment. Like I, I can only imagine that relationship had changed massively over that time frame because a lot had changed in the world. So yeah. grace is massive. And I think grace is the, just in the military career. I mean, it comes with training. It comes with yeah. anything that's coming up in a military career. You have to have grace because our brains change a lot depending on mm-hmm. the circumstances and yes. that that alone can change your entire relationship. Yeah. Cause we've talked about that with kids. Like you can't, I know that it's hard to go through a deployment with kids. It really is, mm-hmm. yeah. but you can't be like, Oh, you're back. I'm dumping. You do all of it now. Like they, they're nowhere in that mindset at all to be able to start yeah. taking care of kids immediately. They've been alone taking care of only themselves for an entire six months a year and you just can't dump that on the expectations like that. Yeah. And if they haven't been able to, or they've chosen not to do a good job of understanding how those kids have changed, like kids change they oh, developmentally so much within a few months, let alone six to 12, like that's a huge developmental gap. And so we are doing our kids a disservice when, and I get it. Oh my gosh, do I get it? Like, man, when my husband got back after his deployment when during COVID here and everything in Germany was locked down, I was done, done. But it was like, I had to like really suck it up because um, it was not fair to the kids to be like, okay, mom's going to go peace out um, because I'm done. I'm like tapped because they weren't the same kids that they were when, when he left, they, they were different at different places. Like, Whoa, when did that happen? When did she start doing that? Okay. Like, right. Cause they're not there for, to see that. I mean, they may hear about it, but it's different when you're living it. And so being able to be there for your kids as they are relearning and reintegrating this parent that, that hasn't been present that, that again, takes grace and it takes time. We were just talking about kids the other on one of the last episodes and like how we always just, Oh, put the label of resiliency on them and like kind of forget about the stuff that they go through. And we really need to not do that because I mean, you even thinking about reintegration, we didn't talk about that on that podcast, but they, they don't even know their parents. Like the, this new person is coming back. Like he's not the same person. And it's been a year like the, and what they think of the dad or their mom is going to be totally different in a year. And it, you think about how much we communicate, but I know my kids do not get to talk to their dad as much as I get to, because mm-hmm. the time that he's off to talk yep. to me tends to be after bedtime. So the, mm-hmm. the communication they have with their dad when he's deployed is like non-existent, honestly. And I don't ever really think about it because I'm like, oh, well, I talked to him today. They're, they're fine. They're busy with their friends. But mm-hmm. that reintegration for kids is incredible. And I'm sure Ashley, you've done that as a, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like you saying that, like, you know, Jeremy's been gone for a week and they've talked to Jeremy once in the week and a half that he's week, week and a half that he's been gone. And that's pretty normal. Like when he's gone is like, you know, there'll be a quick, like quick call, but you know, yeah, yeah, you know, Hey, you know, Clary was doing her little dance in front of him, but like, you know, you're right. Like it's not even like the kids are completely different, but like they've had one parent that they've had to listen to. And so like even getting back in the groove of like your significant other coming back in to help with like everyday life is, is a struggle. Like there's half the times I'm like, just stop, like, just let me do it because this is how, this is what works. 
And we don't take the time. I know I'm so bad at this. Like, I don't take the time saying, Hey, like, this is what works for this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what we've worked. This is what we do. This is what works to get, you know, him to focus, like my son to focus or Claire, my, my youngest is sleeping in bed with us again. And it's driving my husband insane. It's driving me insane. (laughs) But it's driving him insane too. And I'm just like, well, I mean, at this point, like it's either I get sleep or I don't get sleep. So do you want like happy person or like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, those are your choices right now. I was like, you know, when school, when we're not having to get up for school every single day, like it might be a little different, like, you know, staying up late, trying to get her to stay in her bed. That's not a big deal because we don't have to be anywhere at seven o'clock in the morning. It's, it's definitely an adjustment. You know, again, that's just something to communicate. Like, you know, he was talking about during our little disagreement our time that we reflected on after that you know that was one of the things he's like you know I feel like I miss out on so much and I'm like well you do but here's the thing though is like you also choose not to go do things when you're home with us so you have to like have those those communication with that person saying like you know if you want to be involved you have to you know sometimes suck it up just like I suck it up do you think I want to go to the jump park every week no <laughs> right like we just got a member, the our, there's a new pool that just went open, opened up and we got a, a monthly membership and my kids are like wanting to go every single day. And I'm like, I don't want to do that every single day. Do I? Probably every other day, but that doesn't mean that I want to do it every other day. So I like, you know, I explained it to my husband that way. He goes, I didn't think about it that way. I was like, that's the thing. You have to kind of think about it outside the box. Like, okay, I'm doing these things because that's what the kids want to do. And that's what keeps them happy and keeps them entertained and things like that. Just like how we do things that want to keep us entertained. There's things my husband there's things my husband do where I'm like, I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> I do it because you like it. I would like yeah. for you to do it in return. And I really think the biggest yeah. thing that comes down to is is having that open communication and yeah. communicating that and finding that way of communicating, finding the way that, you know, your significant other finds, you know, um, what is it? The seven love languages? Like, you know, five love languages. Five love <laughs> languages. Like, you know, even if you just like don't even do the course, but figure out what that is. Like, or figure out how the other person feels love. Like I'm the type of person where like, I want to hear it. I want you to tell me you love me. I, I, where my husband is, I think more acts of service, like me doing little things, like keeping a clean house, you know, things like that. Those show him that like are acts of love for him. And I'm like, I care less about that. Mm -hmm. I don't care. So like, so, you know, what Dustin and I did recently is we actually wrote down all five love languages because I don't think that we all have just one. I think that no, we have ways in each one that we like to be shown yeah. love. And so we wrote down in each category for each other what they could do for that category to show love. So it doesn't have to specifically be something, but we had talked about it. And I was like, I think that it makes sense that I specifically like to be touched a certain way, or I specifically like to hear certain things, or I like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I do want love in all those categories. I don't want you to think that my only act of or like kind of love is one thing and to only get that I want to also get the love from all the directions so yeah Yeah, I agree with you because I also like acts of kindness like you know like if he would just come if he came up to me today and said I want you to go take a book and go to a bookstore or go somewhere and just go do something by yourself for the day like I'd be swooning because I would just be like, oh my gosh, like you've, you've noticed that I've, I'm overwhelmed. I need a break. I need to go do something that I love to do. That would be great. Yeah. That's or if you took me to buy books, that would be fun too. 
So, you know, I, you know, again, it's just communication. Like after being, I mean, I've been with my significant other since 2006. And like I said earlier, we've gone through like every so many years, it's kind of just like a, Hey, remember, remember, this isn't just because you put a ring on it means that, you yeah. know, you're good to go there. It's still work Absolutely. Um, on both ends. And so, you know, having those times and creating those moments where, you know, you take the time to do a trip. Like, you know, we actually were just talking today about how, like, I'm really upset that he's in, he's in Brussels right now. Hmm. Super jealous. And I was just, I think we should really plan it. Like he was like, you know, we should plan a trip for a 15 anniversary, which is in two years. And I was like, you know, that's a great idea. Like let's plan a trip where it's just me and you. I was like, I don't want to be responsible for the kids. We, as a couple, we've only been on one trip together. That hasn't been to visit family. And I think that's also important to like, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you take time to plan things that you guys want to do and take vacations, even if it's a weekend away. That was kind of our like conversation we had. Like we really need to take time to do things with us. Like, you know, we both yeah. grow and we both need to learn each other a little bit better. And I, you know, I love to travel and I, we haven't gotten to experience that together just because army life and kids and things like that. So I was like, you know, our kids are to the age where I'm fine leaving them for two weeks at their grandparents if I need to. I'm really excited because like we put like, okay, for our 15th anniversary, we're going to go do this really big trip. We're going to start planning mm. it, we're start saving, and it'll, it should be really, really fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. I love that. Yes. Take, take action. Don't just talk about it. Yeah, it's super nice. And it's nice to take that time. Like we just went on a date Saturday. It ended up just being out of the blue because I was supposed to have mom's night out and then everybody was sick and he'd already taken the evening off to to drive me back and forth because I am lazy and don't like to have a driver's license or something like that. And mostly he just doesn't want me riding the train back after I've been out with the girls. So he had taken the evening off. Um, and so we already had sitters and stuff for until the time he had gotten off. And so he's like, well, let's just go on a date. And we had such a good time. And the funny thing is we didn't really do anything. We just didn't have our phones. We left the phone in the car because we knew the bar we were going to is underground. We weren't going to have service anyways. So we left the phones and we went and sat in the bar and it was so nice. We talked for four hours. That's amazing. We talked, we laughed. It was so nice. Oh, that's, that's the best. What a great date. Gosh. Yeah. And it was so spontaneous. Luckily we got reservations at a really nice restaurant. And so we just, he's like, Hey, we already have the time. Let's, let's just go do that. And we did. And it was good for you guys. Something we needed though. That's the whole thing is we moved here six months ago and we haven't been on a single date. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. a long time to not have time where it's just the two of us alone. Like we go on our walks at night. My kids are a little bit older, so they're already in bed. So we just go on walks after they're in bed and that's nice, but we've been listening to books. So we don't really talk and it's mm. not, we're there, but not really there. It's better than not being on our phones, but yeah, it was nice to have time where we were just like undivided, completely undivided attention and yeah, just talk because we're both really guilty of being on our phones a lot when we're around each other. And yeah, I think it has something to do with us being ADHD and it's something that we do and that's fine, but like, we need to find the time when we're not doing that. So, right. Absolutely. But we talked about it after that, like how we really want to continue to do that. Like make, instead of like, I plan these mom's night outs, why we should be planning date nights too. Like that's absolutely important. Yep. Totally agree. I think the main thing that comes out of this podcast is communicate with your spouse, figure out how that works. I mean, it's hard. Um, It is hard. I've been married for so long. It's still hard to get them to communicate, but it's worth pushing them to do that. Yeah. And 
and everyone communicates differently. Like my way of communicating with my husband is not a preferred way for a lot of people. They prefer to do it face to face. And, you know, you have to figure out that. I think that's key. You got to figure out the way you and your significant other communicate the best. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that is taking a date night and you guys are no phones talking or you guys are, you know, hey, quick text. Let's talk about this right now. Like we need to focus on this. Are you able to talk about this right now? If not, like let's wait until you have some, a few minutes to talk about it in the afternoon or something like that. I think that's key. And again, it changes. It changes so much. Yeah. Yeah. Being flexible to communicate and, and find when it's not effective. Okay. Let's, let's reevaluate and figure out a different way. I know couples who write, who have a journal and they just write in the journal to each other. They leave notes and that's the preferred way of communicating. And there's so many different ways. You just have to get creative and find the, the system that works for you. Yeah. Cause we've had the conversation about it, but I'm also with Ashley with texting is something that really helps us when we're fighting. Yeah, It's not mm-hmm. like communication for main things. I think some things in our relationship, we definitely need to talk face to face, but if we're fighting, we go to text because a, our kids don't have to hear us arguing. Mm-hmm. We can sit in different rooms and have the same conversation we were going to have in front of the kids and not do that. But also you can go back and reread what you said and realize how you react to certain things, mm-hmm. um, which also helps me to learn how to not react because I'm like, oh yeah, that definitely came off as me being an ass. Like I really should not have said things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I like it. Cause I can, I can type something out and change and then it. Reread it to make sure that it, my points are coming across. Cause I've learned that like my husband does not do well with like, like you do this, you do this, you do this. So right. like I've learned like, and when we're like in the heat face to face, like that's how it comes off. And so I've learned that, you know, over the years, like, and that's the only time we use texting, like other things communicating wise, it's all face to face. But when we're in the middle of an argument, we do it because the kids can't hear it. We're both able to collect our thoughts and put it down in a way that is going to come across to being viewed as gives the other person a second to look at it and not react right away and be able to be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I can understand why you're, why you're saying that. Um, let me tell you why I don't agree with you or let me, or yes, I agree with you. Um, and it works really well for us. Um, but like I said, we're very passionate when we're arguing, like I get, I use my hands, like I'm using my hands right now. (laughs) Right. I, I talk with my hands and like that drives him nuts because he thinks I'm just being aggressive. And I'm like, I'm not being aggressive. I just talk with my hands. I'm trying to like tell you that this is important to me. And this is the only way I guess I know how to do it is using my hands and throw them up in the air and things like that. So we've kind of like, we both learned like, okay, anytime someone's upset about something, like we're just going to go to each other, different rooms, type it out. So that way we're just not being like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we want to knock that person down a peg just to make ourselves feel better. And that's, A, that's not healthy. And and two, especially when you have kids around, like, that's not healthy too. So, like, you know, I love the day night thing. Like, I told Jeremy, I'm so excited for our our new schedule coming up after our PCS. Like, we should have so much more time to do things, you know, like, even going to work out at the gym in the mornings. Like, we should have much more time to do things together that compared to what we do now. And so I'm really excited to spend like the next couple of years kind of like reintegrating ourselves Mm -hmm. in, you know, learning, like, you know, we're both different people. We're both very different from the, when we first met. So learning, learning what we like nowadays and like how that's going to mesh in and doing things that we both love to do um, and not have to worry about the chaotic life of the military 
um, line units. Well, so how we always like to end, especially when we have military spouse guests is what is your best piece of advice in general for other military spouses that may be just going through life, you know, the military life? Ooh. Um, gosh, I would say get plugged in, like find the thing that brings you joy and find a way to be in community in that joy with other people. So spreading your joy. I'm a big fan of volunteering. Um, if you can't do like, if you're like, gosh, I really love being a nurse. Like I really love taking care of people and you're not able to be a nurse wherever you're at, like finding ways to volunteer and finding ways to still serve using your gifts in a way that gives back to your community. I think that would be like, you have a gift, you have a purpose. And so just tuning into that and using that as a way to, to connect with and to bless others is, is really, I think a valuable thing to do. I love that. That's such a good, it is, it is a good way to get in. And that's, I mean, especially overseas where we are, it is really hard to do anything that has to do with jobs. So yeah. volunteering anywhere that you can, that makes you feel like you're doing something. Cause yeah. I know like the, the podcast is something where I volunteer for, we don't, this is not our job. It's our volunteer position. And mm-hmm. it, it still gives me something that to do. It gives me a purpose. Yeah. Otherwise I do feel like I am just here and I don't want to be a housewife. I, that's not what I like to do. So yeah find something. It can be virtual. I mean, this, this alone communicating with other military spouses throughout the year is something that brings me joy. And I mm, really enjoy doing yeah. that. So that's great. Huh. Well, thank you for coming on. I do feel like we have some, I mean, those three main points that you talked about were all things I never really thought about, but that really, really, I look forward to using next time we, Oh, good. Yeah. We don't you. have any more deployments for this new job, but next yes. time we have any time apart, I mean, it is, it's always going to happen Yeah, in, in yeah. any relationship. So um, I will make sure that we tag all of your links and that we have your Thank new you. book because I know I am looking forward to reading it. So we'll make sure that everybody in the show is able to get a hold of that book as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if do you, if there are any, one of the things I'm really passionate about is bringing groups of women together. And so if you know of, um, or your listeners are interested in having me facilitate like a book club or like a, a mom's discussion or a women's discussion around the book totally for free. Um, I am passionate about elevating the conversation about women's sexuality. So if that's absolutely actually, we, (laughs) so we are part of deployed love, which is what the podcast runs underneath of the nonprofit deployed love. So we will definitely reach out to you about that because we have an online group that would be fantastic to put that into. Would love it. Love it. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Fantastic. (laughs) So we will be in communication, but everybody else, thank you so much for listening to this show today. Um, We have another episode coming up shortly about PCS. Obviously, that is the season. So you guys are about to get a couple shows on PCSing. And we look forward to talking to you all again soon. So as we like to say, ruck up, buttercup.